Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hello, we're back. Well, kind of. It's really exciting through the generosity of some of our listeners. We're able to deliver to you a couple of episodes, a couple of Christmas specials from the Skies Were Under podcast. So this will kick off season two, although if I'm honest, season two is not going to be till next year and maybe not till February, maybe not till... Anyway, it'll be some time. But you have a couple of days where you get to sit with Lucy and Sarah and I and talk all things festive. Season two of The Skies Were Under, as ever, is hosted by me, Rachel Wright. I'm the founder and director of Born the Right Time. As a healthcare professional and the parent of a child with complex disabilities, I'm really passionate about teams working together, about practitioners listening to families and systems supporting a bridge to gap the distance between families of people with complex needs and the many practitioners who support us. I'm talking as usual to my wonderful friend, Sarah Clayton, who is CEO of Simple Stuff Works. What Sarah doesn't know about postural care isn't worth knowing. She's the parent of four and her eldest daughter is a survivor of childhood cancer, which means she's now a remarkable 20-year-old, 21-year-old young woman with learning disabilities and medical needs. Lucy Parr is the third wheel to our trio and she's the sweary vegan who works in SEN and is partway through a PhD in educational psychology. She also has got four children and her third child is a dynamic young man with a rare chromosome duplication, which means he's autistic, nonverbal and some really dodgy epilepsy. It's Christmas and we may talk about the big man with the white beard. So aside from the swearing, this episode is not suitable for children, but enjoy. And welcome to the second bonus episode of the Skies Were Under podcast, season two. This is how we're launching season two. We're launching season two with ball balls. If you listen to the last episode, you will understand where that came from. But ball balls and tinsel. Uh, Sarah has her Christmas jumper on. Lucy's Christmas Santa her headband is being put back on her head. She had some very Elton John-esque Christmas. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Sarah has just brought out. I've bought the joy. <laughs> the joy. Sarah's put oh, Christmas a headband joy. on her head with some <laughs> tinsel that dangles over. It's mistletoe, my love. Did I not what I said? You no. said tinsel. Oh, mistletoe. So a headband with mistletoe dangling off the end of... It's a sort of wire thing. So I'm just going to put it like this so that we can... It's portable snog me, basically. It's portable snog me. This is it. Is it entirely... And as uh, Sarah has rightly pointed out, you could put it anywhere. <laughs> I'll put it absolutely anywhere. It's entirely inappropriate oh, to wear it work. within three seconds. <laughs> This that was Sarah, it wasn't even me. It that wasn't was Sarah that time. <laughs> I'm going to take it off because it's obviously distracting. It's obviously distracting you, Rachel. So I'm going to take it off. Well, really we're just overwhelmed with the urge to snog you, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. We're just too distracted. So last episode, we chatted a little bit about the lead up to Christmas, the nativities, the planning with lights, the 
decorating things. And I just wondered, ladies, how have you adapted your plans for Christmas, your kind of expectations of what Christmas is? What Has anything changed? Like, are you, like, doggedly hanging on to, we're going to do a roast dinner, we're going to do presents here. What are, the, what are the traditions, what are the things that you've been like, no, this is what it's about, and what are the things have you been able to ditch along the way when it comes to the holiday season? We have a long-standing tradition. In our local area, there's a big heathland, which needs clearing of invasive pine species, like, on a regular basis, right? This so, sounds um, so festive. Yeah, it is. It's, I'm getting there. I'm just setting the contact, setting the scene. It's fine. And so, <laughs> so we have this thing called Pull a Pine, where in December, the local RSPB on place opens its doors, you pay a tenner, you, t- you go in the car and you base- they, give you a ha- they give you a saw. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> so no health and safety. Like all these children just <laughs> handing out saws and loppers. Off you go, kids. Chop trees down. And the whole point is, obviously, they get everyone on board to kind of lop all the pine trees down. But the, the bonus is you can take one of the pine trees home. Oh. So you can, or as many as you like, actually can take as many pine trees as you like home to put up in your house as a Christmas tree. So we've always done that, except Stu decided that it was, it was getting a bit expensive because they upped it to £15 per car and then they upped it to £15 per adult. So, you know, it's getting a bit expensive, but they did have live music and like mold cider and it was becoming a bit of an event. So it was nice, but a bit expensive. So... Stu just decides, actually, that there's other spaces of Heathland in the local area (laughs) that also need, clearly need clearing of the uh, invasive pine species. So um, in proper Stu style, he just puts a high-vis on because apparently when you're wearing a high-vis, you can get away with fucking anything. No one questions. Off he goes into the forest with our saw uh, and our loppers and out we come with a Christmas tree. Free, <laughs> doing the environment a favour. High viz, no one suspects a thing. So yeah, we have this tradition of either of pull a pine. If we're feeling like we have the money to if splash, slush, then we'll yeah. do we'll do the pull a pine. If not, we'll do the steal a pine. A pine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. From the local woods. Can so I that, just say, oh. this guy's run a podcast does not promote <laughs> thievery <laughs> or theft of a... No, it is It is an actual cons- conservation thing. It, that yes, is true. How do you know whether it's a pine that needs to go or not? Well, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, we don't. We just assume it is a pine that needs to go. And, then, and we always put it back, so you know... <laughs> What do you mean? You put it back. back. You have killed it. It doesn't help. But you know, it can it can deciduous and it it can like disintegrate and add (laughs) add its add its stuff to the ground again. So you know, we're recycling it. It goes back. So you fly you fly tip it afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Basically, this. I break it down. I don't know why I've not thought of this. You do not. You do not sponsor the RSPB. In their efforts. Instead, you go and steal, you trespass and steal someone's pine. And then afterwards, you fight it, the remnants of the thing that you stole. Uh, yes, this. Okay. But all in this all, it's all very, very festive. 
It does, it does sound So kids love it. Kids absolutely love it. And they think it's hilarious that, you know, you just put a high vis on and off you go into they the woods the with your loppers. And, and <laughs> they love the, the Christmas tree. No, no one bats an eyelid because you've got a fucking high vis vest on. <laughs> so you can just see your children when they're first in a relationship and they're like, Christmas traditions, they get the balaclava out and the high vis. like, what are you doing? We've got to get a tree. <laughs> Yeah, so that's great. <laughs> and that's just great. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's memorable, isn't it? It's something they'll always remember. <laughs> so, uh, you know, can't give a kid more than that. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got okay. Christmas trees and traditions. I have a Christmas tree tradition that does not involve a balaclava. <laughs> and it's really dull compared to that one. Um, I thought it was a good anecdote, but suddenly it looks a little yeah. bit lame. Well, no, well, so my mum's mum, uh, they lived out in Singapore because my granddad was in the Navy. So out in Singapore, obviously hot, no white Christmases, etc., etc. So what they did was she worked out a way of making snow from soap. And so what you do is you grate. So we usually get a big Christmas tree. You grate. I will write it down, Rachel, and you can put it yes. on. I think you've sent it to me before. We can share it in the it's podcast notes. Brilliant. So you just grate soap, add boiling water, mix it all up, take little bits of it and whisk it, and you end up with like shaving foam. Slap that all over the tree. House smells like dove. <laughs> but it does mean that uh, I'm just wondering. I think fly tipping it would it would make that more difficult because you'd end up with the soap. Yeah. Snow. Do you stop being biodegradable? I think, no, yeah, you just rinse you it all soap. off. No, you rinse it all off, oh, and then it all. So you just outside with a hose, rinse it all off, and then chop oh, it all nice. up. Stick it in the brown bin. I want to know this tradition. It's a brilliant. It's so brilliant. The kids end up with like a a rash all over their hands from where there's. The <laughs> <mix>. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely. It's so lovely. It's, it's just so, so nice lovely. that between us yeah. all, we've got. Yeah. Stupid yeah. and arrested. We've got yeah. kids with their rashy hands. And yeah, dry, the... dry red skin yeah. for a few days afterwards. Mm. But oh, it all drops so on the nice. floor. It can like it can like flop onto the floor, which it does because it's like proper great big shaving foam type foam, and it sort of slops through the tree and ends up on the floor. And then you just clean it up. Cause it's just soap. It's brilliant. I love it. I shall I shall do a little how to sheet. How to Because I've got nothing else to do. Wait. Nothing else to do at the moment. I can't, I can't wait to add so I appear to fake snow myself. to my stolen tree. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it will be fabulous. Oh, it's so lame. We go to a, you know, buy a tree from somewhere. We maybe could get a tree from the wood, but we go and buy a tree from somewhere, but we take Doreen with us. And Christmas does not start for us until we've gone to take Doreen to the tree shop. And every year she says... I've never bought a real Christmas tree before. <laughs> and for us, that's the start of Christmas. <laughs> that's like, that's that like the, the start slave. of Christmas. It is. Yeah. And the kids, the kids are waiting for it. They're all like <laughs> looking at each other like, when's she going to say it? When's she going to say it? Oh, that's And then amazing. it's like, we all just like glow warmly when Aww. we're like, oh, we're going to go and take, get our Christmas tree. She's like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, come in with us. And then we go. And then she's like, oh, I've never bought a real Christmas tree before. <laughs> and the boys are like, yay. When do you take your tree down? After New Year. Oh, we wow. Like, that's really late. I, as long really as it's late. after New Year. Well, Steve would have the tree on the 1st of December. 
like and so there's Would like he? a there's a traditional tension in our house of me being like the old Grinch that won't let us put anything up <laughs> and all five of the others hankering constantly and then it gets to boxing down I'm like right let's take it all down again and then there's a similar <laughs> tension after Christmas where they won't let me take the decorations down so it's oh kind no of, see uh, I I like a couple of weeks before Christmas and then you keep it up until after New Year but there is only one thing that's better than putting up the Christmas decorations and that is taking them down I love yeah. a squash and a squeeze. Squash and a Absolutely. squeeze, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Love yeah. It is, you pack your house full of stuff and then when it yeah. all goes, you feel like your house is bigger and brighter and just so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much better. Um, I'm always duped by the thing with Christmas decorations. I always imagine that we're going to go... We're going to go and get the tree. We'll light the fire. We'll have some mince pies. We'll have some, you know, yuletide drinks, whatever that might be. And we'll decorate the tree with the baubles and the tinsel <laughs> and the lights and all these things. And we'll listen to music and it will be great. And what actually happens is you spend, you get the tree in and Tim chops the end of the tree off. And we keep that for a coaster, which happens every year. And then the kids put like two things on the tree and then can't be bothered with the rest of it. And I'm trying to find where to put all the stuff that's usually where the Christmas decorations are. And then there's where do you put the lights and the argument over putting the lights up and putting them up outside and putting them up inside and which ones go where. And But we always do this one here. And no, we don't do that one there. And it takes been ages. And then... My eldest son hates that we're not doing what we his normal routine is, and so he's shouting through it all, and we quickly have to play songs that he likes <laughs> so that we can capture at least one photo of him smiling during the process <laughs> <laughs> to fake it. And it always takes so much longer. Like, I imagine decorating the tree takes, you know, a couple of hours of being nice to each other, and it just feels like it takes a whole weekend. Well, my, <laughs> if you do my snow, it will take you a whole weekend because you have to get the tree on the Saturday, slap all the snow on it, and then you have to let it dry. So it, you won't be able to do anything until the Sunday, by which time the kids are bored. So, but which is good because then we don't have any arguments about where any of the decorations go. You because then you do it the way. Which saves so you having to... Yeah, which saves you having to redo it when they're not around. Oh, Sarah, you're not a redoer, are you? You're a not a Christmas bit. tree <laughs> oh, redoer. No, 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 no. If you saw, I'll send you photos of our tree. We have got the, the our decorations, are, every single one of them has got like this ridiculous sentimental story behind every single one. They're, they're battered, they're chipped. They're, oh, I love Do you it. know what I mean? And they all just go on, love them. But sometimes they're all just on one side. So I do shift them about yeah. a little bit. I hate decorating the Christmas tree. I cannot think of anything worse. That is boring. That is like <laughs> trying to find where to put things, whatever. No, fuck that. So every every single year, I've just gone, here are the Christmas decorations. Here is our stolen tree. Away you go. <laughs> and let them do it. It's brilliant. It always ends up looking, Stu's like twitching in the corner. <laughs> he's not that He's not that guy. That is not how he would have it. He would have them all I like... I have just stolen that tree. <laughs> I have just used my hard-earned energy. 
he is, I yeah, he is definitely not that guy. He's jacket. He, he's struggled over the years, but he's, he's you know, it, he, I think he finds it a bit easier now they're older because obviously they can coordinate a bit better and it's all fine. I was all about their just, you know, it literally looked like someone had kind of got a random assortment of things dipped the Christmas tree upside down <laughs> into the random assortment of things, picked it up again, and there we were with our Christmas tree. We used to have a tradition when we were back in the church, because obviously we're not in the church anymore. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that story a bit more. But we, when we were in the church, we used to have a Jesus Christmas party on Christmas Eve, and we would invite everybody, like all small people. So it's absolute carnage because I thought well, it was going to be carnage anyway. I'd rather have carnage and it be fun with lots of other children than it be carnage and just us. So we had this Jesus Christmas party, which was like a birthday party specifically. We yeah. had a birthday cake. Nice. We had balloons. We had like this lovely... F- spread of birthday you know imagine a kids party with like you know what's yep. stay yeah. or what's it's and all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. that is what we did and that tradition has carried on even though we're not part of the church so every christmas eve it's not a jesus birthday party anymore it's just a general party affair with um and that's one of my favorite traditions because you get to buy all those teeny tiny pizzas and like star-shaped hash browns and all that really good shit that you can only get if you're having a party jelly (laughs) yeah party rings yeah all that really processed crap that all bakes at 200 degrees centigrade (laughs) at the same time and you just shove it all in and then you put it all on the table like a little buffet it just feels so festive i love it i love that bit of christmas that's christmas eve definitely Jesus Christmas party, Jesus birthday party, excellent tradition. So are there traditions like within the patterns, like how do you deal with like families and coming together or do you use it as Nick? Like there's always this, there's always this tension, isn't there, of we were trying to explain to our middle son that you know before we used to take it in turns like to go to each of our families and now we're just like no it's too hard (laughs) we have christmas day at home and people of varying options have in the past come to us but it's just hard it's like we have less carers we have less support we'll have done the night before we'll be doing that night and you know we want to cook a christmas dinner but also have time to open presents and also try and look after all the people so that they are okay and there actually isn't enough hands so to then have lots more people feed and look after don't really work so we've stopped doing the whole going between families as much although that's very very recent only the last couple of years and maybe covid helped us do that (laughs) (laughs) but how do you juggle so everyone comes to you christmas day sarah you said well yeah but so we all live so there's if you look out of my kitchen window I can see straight into my mum and dad's living room and then if I look slightly over to my right I can see the little lane that my other sister one of my sisters lives down and I can see her chimney from said kitchen window and if I look a little bit further to the right then I can see the other sister's uh, house as well so we're all kind of in the same street and then with family that's a bit further away so I have another sister that lives up in the northeast so we're kind of all around anyway. So we, we don't quite have that. When we were little, we used to say go to my mum and dad. And that was kind of a big palaver. You know, kind of everybody, you'd have to go and get in a car and go. Whereas, 
like we just Everyone's stagger just walking. A, they just stagger around the street to be honest <laughs> there's just a lot of staggering and they just and it's and it's brilliant because so christmas eve every, uh, everybody will get together and we eat uh, my mum does like a roast ham and mashed potato carrots cheese sauce and you know like kind of it's just, oh it's absolutely gorgeous and it's just like Every single year, you know, my nephew Ben won't have the cheese sauce. Stan won't have the cheese sauce. You know, like kind of, you know, who's going to have which bits, <laughs> who can, you know, like kind of, and then that's done. Christmas Day, everybody comes to us. I bloody love it. About six-ish, the oldies tend to be like, right, we're done. And off they go. And then the rest of us spend our time trying to pretend that we can stay up after nine o'clock, that we're all going to be, <laughs> that we're enjoying being awake after nine. And then usually at about midnight, people kind of drop off. People go to bed or they, you know, kind of. And then it usually ends up that they'll have my two sisters. So there will be Polly and Anna. They will be boss-eyed with Prosecco. And they will be sitting and generally there'll be a bit of Beyonce or something will come on and the two of them will <laughs> scream and, and dance. And like by this stage, me and Steve are looking at each other like, yeah, we're done now. You know, like kind Bedtime. of how do we get rid of them? <laughs> and then we'll, we'll gently suggest that it's time for them to go. They will openly discuss how boring we are um, <laughs> between themselves. They'll mutter about how they're going to go somewhere else that's more fun. They will then kind of gradually, this is while trying to put their shoes on and all this sort of stuff, they'll be they'll be whittering. And then they'll say that they're going to go to one of their houses and they're going to carry on the party because, like, they're not as dull as we are, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll go somewhere else. I don't care where they go. I just, you know, just like... I just know they're not in my house anymore. Just they're not there anymore. And that's it. And then and we're really lucky because then, like, that... The, so the kids are all with us on Christmas Day. Boxing Day, you know, three of them go to their dads and then we have like a whole other Christmas with the littlest that's a really quiet day for us so we go up to Steve's mum's there's his mum and his dad died during Covid so there's his mum and his sister and us and Nell and then we just have a really quiet it's like the polar opposite of Mm. the there's usually about maybe like 26 people for Christmas dinner on Christmas day and then it's like yeah so it's the masses on Christmas day and then it's like just chilled out Boxing Day. And then it just sort of, I, my best time of year is between Christmas Day and New Year. I love that time because it's just quiet. Lots of people find um, that time really I hard. Love it. Why do you love it? Because the work shut. Work shut and, and genuinely shut. So that like it's a, it's a factory shutdown. So there isn't anybody sending you anything or asking you to do anything. And we talked about this, didn't we, kind of in, in series one about the whole thing of having a, you know, divorce and having time where, you know, the kids are absolutely fine. They're, you know, their dad, they're having a brilliant time. They're perfectly OK. But it is that it is that time where it's like, right, what the hell, you know. And I just love it. I love that it's quiet. And generally other people are all are all off doing festive stuff. There's no There's no pressure to be doing stuff, is there? You just lie about eating chocolate so you're merrily cleaning your house i can imagine <laughs> <Cleaning> <laughs> not knowing cheese. what kind of what day it is too full of I cheese i love not knowing what day it is yeah eating cheese <laughs> perfectly happy watching the gruffalo yeah oh yeah, yeah. i love i do love the gruffalo 
Love it. We talked last week about gifts as far as gifts is Lucy's love language. Like, if you're going to love Lucy, then buy her something that's thoughtful, not just any old... <laughs> not person. any old shit. No, it has not to be a gift pack from Boots, which my mm. sister did for years until I finally plucked up the courage to say, Heidi, I'm, I love you, but I do not love your Boots gift packages that were <laughs> clearly lastminute.com. <laughs> I would rather you didn't get me anything. I'll be completely honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all right. I love my sister. We have a good relationship. It didn't like go down like a lead balloon. It was all right. So when but, it comes to buying gifts for our kids, I certainly know buying, I find it so hard. My son's birthday's in October, so I feel like I've only just gone through trying to find out what to get him. But when you've had the same level of cognition and physical ability for 17 years, it's kind of tricky to know what present to buy that is helpful, meaningful, fun. And again, it's coming back to... He Who's doesn't it really care. Exactly. Who's but it for? it's really important. For, I think it's important for his brothers mm-hmm. and for all of us to spoil him, celebrate him. Yeah. Just inclusion. What, have you got any amazing Christmas gift ideas? Because we're all quite different. So, yeah. Sarah, your daughter knows what she likes and is I imagine knows exactly what she thinks other people might want absolutely see so well I'm really interested in this question because for B it's dead easy you you know you can what we used we used to have the Argos catalog loved that like kind of uh circling that not a problem Smith's they do a reasonable catalogue, you know, for having yeah. a look through. But honestly, she just a trip to Hobbycraft and we are set. You know, that's all good. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested in this question as somebody that would like to get gifts, you know, for like, what mm-hmm. do you get? And I've been stumped by that. So, you know, like kind of, so, so tell me. So, so do you get something? So I'm a... I'm a um I'm trying to get something. I'm trying to show that I value your kids. How do I do that? You know, like do I get you something? Do I get something for the family? Do I get your child, you know, your child, your young person something? If so, what? Because I don't want to I don't want to get like I know Lucy, you're sponsored by VTEC. So like <laughs> but you know yes, like kind of this oh I've got that already or oh he's done that one to death you know like kind of what do you do you smashed it out the park last year I was bamboozled don't you hate it what the worst type of friend ladies and gentlemen is the friend that then sends you this really thoughtful careful meaningful package that arrives about two three days before Christmas when you can do F all about it <laughs> it ain't happening this year <laughs> And that's what Mrs. Clayton did for us last year. Like, I've been thoughtful and caring and I'm not just like a general generic here as a present, but like something that showed that all of us had been thought of. It was just beautiful. I love that. So I quickly went on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And there was no need. It was honestly... Oh, 
I know there's not. And it's not about that. Isn't about that. But I would like... It's hard, isn't it? Because I do care about people and I do want to be thoughtful. I think some people are just better at it than others, honestly. Like, I'm not you saying you should shit. shit. But, <laughs> no, but, but my sister, for example, she will openly admit, oh, I'm so shit at presents. Whereas our mum was always really thoughtful. So, like, for my 30th, she she get, got me 30 presents. Each one was really thoughtful, that kind of stuff. And so, I, I don't know, I guess some people it's just... And I love it. I love being able to do that for people and I love people doing that for me. So it is a blessing to everybody concerned in that situation. I genuinely, it gives me as much pleasure giving to people in a thoughtful mm. way as it does kind of receiving. Um, so but I think you- I'm like that. I just, it's the first thing to go with overwhelm. Yeah, but I was just yeah. about to say... I think it's to do with capacity. So I don't have the capacity this year. Mm. You know, like kind of, so I've, last year I was, I knitted scarves for everybody, you know, like oh, kind yeah. of, but but this year that's not, that's not happened. I'm halfway mm-hmm. to, I'm halfway through your two Christmas presents, but they aren't going to be done by Christmas, but they are halfway because <laughs> it started. I love started, it. I love that it, there's even a present. <laughs> it was during them um, being laid up after my operation and then it was like, right, I'll get that done then and da-da-da. And then life has kind of taken over a little bit. But it's all capacity, isn't it? You know, like kind of, and if you haven't, yeah. you might, yeah. if you don't have the capacity, You, it's the finance because it's, because doing this, doing that stuff is, it can be really expensive. If it's not expensive, yeah. it's expensive in terms of time. And you might yeah. not have yeah, either. Yeah, you know, kind of, if you, I could, I could buy my way out of that situation you know, maybe last year, mm-hmm. if you had the this money. year, not so much, mm. you know? Yeah, completely, the... completely. But, yeah, yeah, we can't afford it this year. Yeah. No. But going back to what you were saying, Sarah, about how do you bless or encourage or support or whatever, show your love for somebody who's got, like, mm. a child who potentially has no idea what Christmas is about. So for Brecon, I, I just, I tell everybody to just look in charity shops whenever they go in to see if there's any presents that, you know, VTech or... He's so heavy-handed with his toys. To buy him a VTech toy brand new for 25 quid, please don't do that because he's just going to break it in five... You know, like, it might last for Mm -hmm. a bit and then it'll get broken. Whereas, actually, quite often you find really cool charity shop toys. Anything that flashes, lights up or vibrates, but don't search vibrating toys on Google, as we've discussed before. (laughs) Not those kind of vibrating toys. (laughs) Anything like that. So everyone who knows Brecon and, like, has some sort of affiliation with him will always, whenever they go in a charity shop, go, oh, I saw this today, I picked up this today, which is... The kids are, like, well-versed in it, so they'll come Mm -hmm. back from a charity shop with, like, all these cool things for Brex. And it's, like, a pound, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter but yeah he's into anything sensory seeking noise making buzzy like shiny lighty spinny all of that kind of stuff and those dolls where um where you go when they have like christmas light festivals yeah, and stuff you know those men yeah those men selling or, or ladies swords. selling all the yeah, yeah all the chaos yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that kind of stuff anything like that he totally loves that so that but also do you get the parent a present? Obviously, in my case, I would say, yes, please. Yes, buy me a present. <laughs> buy me a present. <laughs> Don't worry about anyone else. I'll have it, thank you very much. <laughs> but... Yeah, so I don't, it's just, for me, it's just that thoughtfulness, uh, again, just showing, and there's a psychology thing about that, of like whole, a lot of things to do with attachment and trauma and 
how we manage children that have dealt with, you know, attachment and trauma issues is we do stuff to hold them in mind. So quite often mm. I'll, I'll give a child in my class, right, this this is my pen. I just need you to look after it for the day and I'll come back to you at the end of the day and I'll, I'll, I'll get my pen back. So they know that you're holding them in mind, that you're going to come back to them. That for me, I think me personally, oh. is a lot of the gift giving intentional thought stuff is just knowing that someone is holding me in mind because so often I just feel off everyone's radar so that kind of holding in mind for me with the gift giving thing is quite key I think that makes so much sense it's and it sounds ridiculous but the knitting thing so knitting is like uh like I love knitting and for me I know when I like I'll get a a ball of wool slash yarn for those of us who are in the know (laughs) Um, but I'll get, I'll, I didn't know it wasn't called wool. I went into it. She was like, oh, I think you mean yarn. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> but that's when it starts for me is finding the right ball of wool yeah, for that person. Yeah. And then every stitch then is is that person. And it's lovely. And I, I lost a really dear friend this year to bowel cancer. And and I knitted her a, a scarf, which I gave to her when we for lunch earlier in the year. And it, it genuinely is a, and I've got photos of her in it, and it's like every stitch means something mm, for that yeah. person. Yeah. I mean, it's not lovely. particularly I've, well knitted. Do you know what I mean? It's No, I mean, like, I've done, but you I've know, knitted prayer shawls for oh. once of an American time. But that's sort of, it's exactly that. It's the whole knitting something that wraps around a person that just yeah. says, I have thought of you and dwelt on your life and who you are and with gratitude and heartbreak and joy and all of those things and it's taken time and energy and I spent mm. I spent that on you so yeah and I think yeah. yeah I think and that's really lovely and I think for for me as a person who doesn't have the family network that you guys have like big family networks yeah. that you kind of are part of and that are part of your every day and all of that kind of stuff I don't have that at all and so I I genuinely feel especially at Christmas massively isolated I hate Christmas day because it just reminds me of like I your 26 people having Christmas dinner is my absolute dream Christmas you know but I don't have that so what we do have is is the family that we've got like directly our four kids and me and Stu and trying to manage Brecon and trying to cook dinner and it's never fun it is never fun um we manage a Christmas day walk at the beach but there's so much loaded expectation and intention and and it's always an anticlimax even if you play that right down it's always an anticlimax um Mm. but that whole feeling isolated because we don't have what everyone else has and I'm not into comparing I'm not like it's not ideal it's not helpful but it is a poignant reminder on the it is a reminder yeah Yeah. like everyone else is having this nice Christmas day and we're just battling to survive the day basically and not having family and it makes it worse because my dad's side of the family do do that whole everyone all together thing but we're never included in that and we never have been included in that so yeah we, we're just off everyone's radar which is why again that whole gift thing that whole like so important. even though it's just christmas card even mm. someone sending me a christmas card and like oh oh yeah they've thought of me that's really nice you know i'm not mm. dropped off the face of the planet on everyone's radars yeah. you know i think that's that's why it's so 
it's so meaningful and impactful mm-hmm. to me. But yeah, I've, I, Christmas Day, I just think we just got to get through it. But the lead up is great, but the Christmas Day itself is just, it's always like, uh, this is hard. Oh, you should come it's to hard. ours next. Come to ours next year, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just come to ours. You can, you can end up, you can end up with all boss eyed on the on the sofa from Christmas Day. <laughs> Singing it. Yeah. And you can Beyonce. let me know, you can let me know afterwards where the hell they go at whatever yeah. time it is that they think they're going to get more booze. You can you can just be part of that crew. It'll be fine. Amazing. I'd love it. You're there. <laughs> I think it's so important to recognise that um, one of the reasons Christmas, uh, birthdays, all those anniversaries things feel so tricky is because we want to feel one thing. Mm-hmm. And within a very short period of time, we're distilling so many of our emotions and so some of the other emotions that we live with and sit quite well with a lot of the time become big and more the contrast is there that's the difference isn't it the contrast between the light and the dark and the everything else is so much more apparent that it means everyone has an element of sadness in their day everyone has elements of loss or whatever Mm. throughout their lives but something the bit that makes it feel more tricky on Christmas Day is the fact, oh, but I'm supposed to feel happy and joyful and everyone else is having so much more fun than us. And there is that expectation that highlights it and magnifies it and also just not letting herself be complicated and letting it be that it is really great and really sad and all of those things in between. I think the the I'm trying really hard to let go of the emotions of my emotions. <laughs> so like the judgment, a bit the judgment values, the judgment, yeah, yeah, the judgment on whether I ought to be or not ought to be feeling yeah. what I'm feeling because you just they don't are feeling what you're feeling. I'm feeling what I'm feeling, and um, and if I hold that lightly enough, then the, the feelings that I really like, the joy and the you know, the gratitude and those stuff actually come to the surface so much easier than when I'm trying to manage it, like managing emotions, I think. Yeah, definitely. On Christmas Day, there's an an additional thing for me in that I didn't have good experiences of Christmas Day and I was desperate to create a good Christmas Day for my children, which in theory would have been great, but then we had Brecon and then obviously that threw a massive spanner in the works and meant that we could never have the Christmas day that I'd put in my head to create for my children. So I think there's a double-edged sword if you've got also past childhood stuff that Mm. comes to the surface on Christmas day and then your ability to change and reform and recreate something else is also taken out of your hands because of the situation that you've got a disabled child in the family or whatever it is so yeah there's a double thing but yeah exactly what you said about you you just feel how you feel and that's all okay and it's not problematic we're just going to finish with one little question If you could have a Christmas magic wand, what would that Christmas look like? So that might be any aspect of what we talked about, the gifts, the the traditions, the leading up, the actual day, the relationships. What would the... What does good look like? So, right, genuinely, and 
I'm aware of just how privileged I am. I had brilliant Christmases growing up. Uh, some of my best memories are around Christmas. My my mum's mum, uh, we wanted tracksuits one year and so she made us brown velour <laughs> tracksuits, you know, which we were made to wear for the entire festive period and even that did not dampen <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I bloody love Christmas. I love that Christmas day. I wouldn't change any of it. I'm so aware that I'm that I've got relatives, you know, I've still got both my parents. I'm so grateful for every single one yeah. that that we have. But what I would do if somebody could do the bloody shopping and wrapping. <laughs> if someone could just yeah. do that bit then that would be brilliant. Genius. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shopping, wrapping, genie. Yeah. Yeah, just someone just, to do just the... Just Yeah. Instead of the elf. Yeah. Shopping and wrapping fairy. That's all I need. That's all I need. I think my magic wand wish, genie wish, would be about making sure that someone was there to entertain Brex the entire day mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. the, uh, the other kids could have a shot at normality mm-hmm. not normality that's a rubbish word but you know what I mean like a, a shot at a kind of positive experience of Christmas rather than Brecken being overwhelmed them getting scratched and pinched and Brecken needing to be taken out and then there's one parent out with him and one one parent trying to cook dinner and deal with the other three children etc I think if we had like an all singing all dancing Brecken occupier yeah <laughs> that would be very helpful a Brecken um, elf that said he's not here this year so mm. he will be in his residential this year and that's gonna I think that's gonna bring up all the other things because it's like it's gonna be really really sad because he's not here and he's not part of it and doesn't feel com- our family doesn't feel complete yeah. but we are going to be able to do all the shit that we normally can't do so it's kind of swings around about. And there's also, isn't there, like, whilst, like, it will be different this year, I think there's something about sitting with the experience of that being different, you know, rather than rushing into, right, cause so, so we'll fill that gap yeah. with some, you know. Yeah. Oh, so I don't, feeling I, those I think, feelings and yeah. seeing the good and recognising it's sad for being sad and recognising that it's also the massive opportunity for some new within just the five yeah. of you like we can play monopoly yeah shit like that we can play like, monopoly. if you wanted to i mean Jesus. yeah i don't i don't fucking want to i hate no. board games but everyone else loves board games so i will sacrifice you know my sanity will, yeah for for one day but yeah all of that stuff that you're just never able to sit for more than two seconds when brecken's in the house yeah. actually we can do all those other things watch the watch the king's speech as it will be this year all all that all that traditional bullshit fall asleep in front of the do on christmas yeah yeah Yeah. you could drink too much beer yeah i don't have a child to keep alive (laughs) it's not in my immediate vicinity but (laughs) yeah crazy So how are you making Christmas more sustainable? Give us one idea. Sustainable as in ecologically? No, just, well, whatever, sustainable. You can be, be more eco. It can be like, it means I can still carry on afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I'm just allowing myself to be. Yep. Which is cool. quite a, you know, simple, but also monumental and profound all at the same time. <laughs> as you are so. all the time. <laughs> Do you know what, it, like, I sound like a right 
ask, but it is so, like Christmas, I would happily have Christmas every day. I would, honestly. If all the work was done, then I would just do it <laughs> over and over and over. It's, it's, um, so to make I it more sustainable, you need it. to outsource your, uh, your admin, your Christmas admin. The, the Christmas admin, outsource if someone that. could do, yeah, if someone could earn the money and spend the money <laughs> and do the sh- shopping and the wrapping and all of those things. I just, I do love it. I absolutely love it. Whoop, whoop. And we hope, everybody listening, that you enjoy your Christmas, whatever you're doing. Whenever you're listening to this, this will come out between your Christmas and New Year, I think. I don't really know. But you'll get this at some point. So we hope that Christmas has been okay. It's probably not been what you hoped. There's probably been disappointments, and that's all right. We are here for the messy middle of life not being exactly as we planned and yet they're still being fun and joy in there too so from the sky around podcast from myself sarah and lucy to all of you and we're very excited about season two and the rest of our time together but until then thank you all very much for joining us merry christmas and happy new year merry christmas merry christmas The Skies Were Under podcast is a Born at the Right Time production with the expert audio assistance of Podshop, the humour and insights of Lucy and Sarah. We really appreciate you coming back, popping in, and really value your help in spreading the word through rating, reviewing, and following the podcast, as well as telling anyone who might be interested all about us. You can email your stories, thoughts, and ideas to tswupodcast.com at gmail.com that's t-s-w-u podcast at gmail.com or follow us on instagram at born at right time we love you joining us for the ride as we hurtle along this off-piste version of parenting it's so much better when we do it together whatever skies we're under